Hello and welcome to the Gaming Manifesto, the official podcast of commiegamer.com. I'm Callie, your host, and with me today I've got Dan. Hey, what's up guys? And Nathan. Hi everyone, how are you doing? Um, so yeah, first things first, just want to find out what you guys have been playing this week. Okay, my name's Nathan. What I've been looking at this week is I've been looking at Made of Skur, and I've been looking at the new uh, Far Cry uh, uh, 6 that's come out. And I've been checking out the playthroughs of that. That looks pretty awesome. And yeah, hopefully we'll get to talk about it in a sec. Um, so yeah, made a scare. Um, have you? Is this the first time you've gone through playing that? Yeah, it's based on an um, a novel from the 1800s, and uh, right. there is a Welsh developer, developer called Wells Interactive, announces survival horror, and it just looks really dark and really a little bit like Alan Wake, but um, with a different kind of you and the first bit I played was you're in this forest and you're just walking around different paths and it's all about finding clues to find about um, who who murdered this person and it's it's really interesting and really just the whole thing just vibes of this kind of creepy tension which I really love you know and um, yeah that's what I've been playing this week and also I got to look at my new Far Cry 6 game and I've been just watching the trailers of that and that looks. I I don't know. I'm sort of. I have an open mind. You know. I'm I'm not positive. I'm not negative. I'm kind of just neutral. Um. You know. I love Far Cry Grey games, and I've just I've just been trying to see what it is really, and just see how it's going to pan out. But from what I can tell, it's about. It's kind of a little bit like Juarez, or, or it looks a bit like. Uh, like there's this uh, revolution. I mean, basically, the game opens with the the main an- antagonist giving the protagonist a grenade in her hand to hold, and she he says, "This is the people, and this is how you've got to control them." And it's about a freedom fighter who is done with the war, but sort of gets embroiled back into the war because she, they need a leader to go and fight a revolution against this woman. And it's so, so, I saw that on the um, on the trailer, the grenade fix of. Is that who you're playing as then, the daughter? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because that's a yeah, Gus from Breaking Bad, of course. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's a bad guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sort of in neutral about it. I'm not really. It's not pushing me on any other on another way, positive or negative. But I've just really just looked at it this morning. But this hmm. going back to Made of Scare. That looks really creepy and super immersive. Do you play many horror games like that, or? I played. Um, I remember playing back in the day. What was it? Uh, Fear, F E A R. That was yeah. creepy as hell. That still shows up on lists of like most fucked games. <laughs> ever, so, ever. I think it's yeah. better than Resident Evil. Quite frankly, it's just so dark and so intense, and they're just parts of it. I remember. I remember I got into it when I was working at TT Games, and this guy brought it in, and he's like, have you played this? I'm like, no. And I saw it, and I was just blown away. And just there's this scene where you're in this church, and this, this whatever it is, this entity just throws this um, pew at you, and you've got to jump over this pew, and you're on fire. And you're just like, holy shit, this is fucking unreal. I cannot believe... time events from back then, yeah. I know, I can't believe... They, they just did that and that's kind of a lot of games now they just seem to be a bit safe 
know. I'm looking for something. <laughs> I don't know. I, we were talking about the Resident Evil last week, and um, I've played through the Dollhouse on that bit, mm. and that is not playing it safe. Really? Don't you, don't you <laughs> give me smiles on that one. Have you played through Res yet? I'm literally on my third playthrough of that game. Like I, oh, I absolutely adore it. Like the moment it came out, I had a week off work and I just sat down and I played it for the entire weekend. And I just I couldn't help but like just I don't know. It's, it takes a lot for me. I get bored quite easily of some games. Mm. And so I could play, for example, uh, I've played Hitman Three beginning of the year. I loved it. I'd done every uh, area a couple of times, and they got boring for me. Even though they uh, bring out new characters, new like hits to do every so often. And with Village, I just can't help but replay it. I don't know if it's Lady D that's got me because that that like <laughs> that, that's part of the reason I was like, okay, yeah. that's pretty cool. But like you said, the dollhouse section. Oh my god, absolute like that's what Resident Evil is, and it reminds me of Resident Evil Two being in the uh, police station, just absolutely phenomenal, being blown away by it, especially first-person perspective, scares the absolute crap out of me. And I love to be scared, but I also hate to be scared. So I do try my best mm. to play it. Whenever I play horror games, I'm like, okay, I can totally do this. And I remember playing Seven way back when it came out, and I'm just sitting there with a pillow, like, I'm, like hiding behind this pillow, like, no, this, is, this is scary, this is terrifying me. Um, done it in VR, that was it, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was it. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> no. Is the new one in VR at all? Or? Um, no, I suppose it wouldn't be. Yeah. It's not. No, which really sucks because the seventh one had so much potential in VR. Yet the eighth one is it's a bigger world to explore. Whereas seven's very mm. you're stuck in like this. You're stuck in a hallway. I'm sure it's coming, but then again, oh, I yeah. suppose doing a VR in a place that is more claustrophobic is easier to kind of you know you don't have to render big old scapes to look at. Oh no, yeah, especially especially like in village when you first get into the village and you stare at the whole like mm. the the castle and the the, the actual village itself, I think, wow, this looks really cool. <laughs> I am super scared right now. Look, I disagree with what you're saying about the um, the dollhouse being what Resident Evil is. I thought that was a very, you know, dive from what their normal kind of uh, style is. It's great, terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, like, that that was all brand new. See, the, the, the fun fact about that for me was the first playthrough I made, uh, I tried my, apart from the bit where you have to see the creature... I tried my best to not see it because I didn't know what it was and I didn't want to Google it to ruin it for myself but I genuinely just, I was actually terrified. I was thinking, no, nah, that's not right. So I've run back, looped around, run down the stairs as I've, I'm hi- I've done the, because um, you can hide under the uh, bed or hide in the closet. I'm mm. hiding in the closet and I see that s- slurpy little thing. I'm like, uh, no, not today, thank you. I'd rather not. See, for me personally, I've seen that be played through now a couple of times. Mm. Um, I've played through it though I had already seen it so a lot of the kind of you know, anxiety was gone because I knew what was coming. But yeah. because it's always the same every time, that you know, that's a bit of a shame. Like, I, I don't think it has a huge amount of like continuously repairability. But saying that, knew what was coming, was running through all of the puzzle bits, just getting through it as quick as I oh, can, yeah. and still felt physically sick. So yeah, did something right. <laughs> I'm, 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 not, I'm not gonna lie, I am guilty of googling some of the puzzles. Some puzzles are actually pretty difficult. I'm sitting going. How? How am I meant to get this? And then there's a trophy or achievement to speedrun it in three in three hours. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Just have to have the wiki open to like go through the entirety mm. of the game again. Three hours. It's crazy to think that that game can be done in three hours. To be honest, so I see how it can be done. I just no, <laughs> I don't think it. Like, I know it can be. I just don't think I have the the mental capacity to do it in three hours. Hmm. Nathan, that made a scare. I actually have played that myself, though. I I was really into the idea of it. And then there's this option to kind of turn off all of the threat and peril. You can literally go through it without bad guys and just have it as like a sort of walking sim. Um, and that kind of 
I kind of ruined it for myself in that. I think it would be a much better game. With, well, I mean, it is going to be a much better game playing as it's supposed to be played with these bad guys going around. Because I believe the, the uh, sort of thing on that is everyone's blinds. All of the bad guys are blinds and you have to be very quiet and use like sounds making things. I mean, I don't know how far into it you got, but... Yeah, the quiet ones by not making noise and holding one's breath, right? That's how you avoid them. Mm. And to, to bolt onto what you're saying, yeah, what's the point in that? What's the point in playing a horror <laughs> game with no threat? That's ridiculous. Hey, that's so stupid. Hey, leave me alone. <laughs> that's, that's like going to a haunted house and just turning the lights on. It's like you're completely blown to the point of being there. I wanted to admire the architecture. <laughs> you can still do that kind right. of in the dark, but that's the whole point. Mm. Well, I like I would like a walking simulator game. I like uh, I played Layers of Fear. I thought that was a you know good game, and you don't get killed by anything, but it's still kind of spooky. And I thought it maybe give me a similar, you know, a similar vibe to that. But yeah, I didn't manage to play through too much of it because of, it is quite boring, as you say. It's not the point of that game when you can't like hide from anything when there's no actual threat coming for you. I think that's the hardest game. Those are the hardest games to make because if you really think about it, horror. On in like the novel you know it's all in your mind so you're basically mm. the cinematographer or you're the game director in movies if it if it does it right if you're watching some Shyamalan stuff or some Japanese stuff it can really scare the crap out of you I remember this is going way back and dating myself I remember watching The Exorcist when I was a kid and having to take the video cassette and turn it the other way around so I wouldn't look at the title because it freaked me out so much. I had the same thing for The Grudge. There was um, down the, sc- oh, down the yeah. uh, spine of it, it just oh. had the eye. Oh, ah. no, no, <laughs> no. Way. But when you play games which are scary, you know, you've got so much scope there and to really just open them to a place where they're just like, I don't know what's going to happen. Because it is just a mm. game. It's something you bought. But being able to step over the boundary of our media you're playing and actually scare the crap out of you, you know, without it being a jump scare. Yeah, something really psychological. That's really Mm. hard to do. That's really difficult. I'm a huge fan of horror. Like I I watched Nightmare on Elm Street when I was seven years old and fell in love with it. I loved um, Friday the 13th as well. Halloween, not so much. But with... Like, for example, the Friday the 13th game, playing as a counsellor and having someone, like, when he makes players Jason, like, come after you, yeah, that's terrifying, but not in a way it should be, if that makes sense. Like you said, like, horror game, you are you are the, the cinematographer, you are directing your own horror when you're playing horror games. And I feel like hmm. some of them are tame compared to what they could be. Uh, for example, Forbidden Siren on PS2. That scared the crap out of me. I won't touch that game again. There's games that I've played that I'm like, no, it's too too much, if that makes sense. Forbidden Siren, I've never heard of that. What's it? So, I, I picked it up, because it was like two quid in, uh, in, a, in CEX, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. And it barely, just barely run on the PS2. And I was like, okay. But it was so scary, because the game is so dark. No matter how much you turn the brightness up, the game is still dark. I could not tell you what it's about. I could not follow any of the storyline. I was just be like, trying to walk. Like, you could walk for a good... I think 30 seconds, and then all of a sudden, say, jump out, you think, okay, no, that's not happening today, then I'll, uh, I'll, play, something. I'll play something else. <laughs> Time to boot up Viva Pinata for a few hours. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever played The Darkness by 2K? It was released by 2K, developed by Digital Extremes. That scared the hell out of me. That was just, and it had a whole really kind of, they 
they selected a really good piece of music. Only I only have eyes for you by the oh God. I can't remember. It's by, by Justin Hawkins. Yeah, and it just it just scared the hell out of me. And it really stayed with me after I played that game. Like it just freaked me right out. But it was. But what really got to me was the emotional sentimentality of it. You know, that really stayed with me. And I still remember, you know, the way every time they played that music, you're like, oh my God, something horrible is going to happen. <laughs> you know, something is, is going to freak out. And I, I just wasn't expecting a game to do that. I was expecting a film to do that. I just wasn't expecting a game to creep me out that much, you know. I've said the, the Condemned was one that got me. That that one stuck with me. And I remember playing that, must be at 11 or 12. I, maybe probably younger, I cannot remember when it came out. Um, but I just remember it, it, the I remember the cover, it's just, I had it on 360, it's like an eye through a keyhole with all blood coming down the side of it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I remember playing that, and my mum goes, do you definitely want to play I'm like, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a teenager, I can play it. No, no. Same, same with, um, I'm not going to lie, the Saw game freaked me out as a kid, like just climb up a ladder and then like pig head jumps out you think oh my god jesus <laughs> no i was done after that but then growing up I've, lo- I've grown to love horror a lot more but then i realized i'm still a scared little kid inside realizing that I'm, <laughs> you know i'm scared of a guy in a pig mask on a video game so i love i love horror in film form mm. in game form i love watching people play <laughs> I'm yeah. a coward when it comes to it. I, I, I watch a let's play happily of like any horror game and i find them really fascinating but yeah, playing it just gives me too much stress. I don't feel relaxed when I'm <laughs> on those. It's a weird thing, though, talking about those old ones, how an old crappy graphics game used to be so scary. Oh, yeah. Like, Silent Hill 2, I remember, like, Ooh. that waddling, you know, the guy, the, the sort of straight-jacketed monstery things, and they kind of just waddle side as they come in for you. And the first uh, zombie, of course, in Resident Evil 1. Like, looking back at how terrible they looked, it's amazing that we were, you know, terrified, but... but... I guess it doesn't really matter how it looks, it's just about how kind of involved you are in that exactly. setting. Exactly, like Resident Evil 2, for example, I've played it on PS4 and I've played it on PS2. I can tell you, PS2 is 100% scarier because PS- in PS4, in the remake, you don't, when you get hurt, you you, know, you kind of hold your side and you limp and you're, you're running. But in the PS1 version, your leg's like facing the other way and you're limping, dragging your leg. And I'm just like, this is terrifying. Like you have, <laughs> you have Mr. X come after you and you're like, I can't move. This is, this is actually horrifying. And I think that's what games should be. But I know a lot of people saying, oh, if games should be tamer, they should be less scary. Like, I'm paying 70 quid. I'm paying 70 quid to get scared. I, I want to be, you know what I mean? I'll be hospitalised how scared I am for this game because of the money I'm spending on it. Well, I think they need to be like, because of how, how much they cost to make now and how much they need to sell mm. it, if you make a game too scary, you aren't going to get as many sales. Like, Res really? I mean, it has that scary... Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm really? not buying a game if it's scary, for shit. Yeah. You will not get as many... If it's too scary, you will not get as mm. many sales no, as you no, would no. if it's like... Resonate is sold shit tons, but yeah, but that's it's not been, that scary. But that's been dumbed down since 7, which really wound me up, because yeah. they found 7 Where too scary. What do you scary. think that is? Is that the audience, or... I mean the audience. Hundred percent the audience. It's like uh now if you like the Conjuring, the new film has just come out. It's a fifteen. I don't know what the others are. They're probably the same. But like if you make an eighteen horror, which is definitely going to be scarier, it's just not going to make the money back. Or they want wow. to make. But if you look at Friday Thirteenth, that's an eighteen yeah. and and fifteens, and that made millions back. And now Friday the Thirteenth. And uh, not Friday. Sorry. I know. Look about its original original things. A lot of these became cult classics, and they didn't make that much. I re- I remember. Going to a friend of mine's house, I was really into horror. I used to go to his house in Bogner, and he had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 
the original. And I remember watching that and just being completely and utterly traumatized. You know, just completely and utterly like, fucking hell. You know, I just, I was like, this is so bad. This is so horrific. And just the whole thing. But those films won't get made today. But there is, I think people, there is still that kind of appetite for that. It's just how you present it. There is still a want for it. I I would love more of these like 18 sort of plus horror Mm. films to come out. But, um. It's just, it's just they won't make so much money. It's like that's why like Deadpool was such a like big deal for being a eighteen plus and making that much money because of generally a film studio if they make something eighteen plus they're not going to make nearly as much cash. You know what they need to do? They need to do a strategy where they need to piggyback it. So they need to make a game that they know they're going to make a ton of money, mm. and then they just shove this game alongside, and then they'll they can just get rid- yes. Extra spooky mode. Yeah. Like, movie times never work. That's the only thing I've seen. Like as a kid playing Spider Man, Spider Man Two, Spider Man Three on the PS Two, loved it. Thought it was great. But now growing up, I look at it after watching the movies again. I'm thinking, oh wow, that's um, it works, but not as well. Oh, I think um, he meant like packaging in a Mac, packaging in like a more scary game with a oh. more you know sellable no, yeah, no. game. Right? I said like. If you could have a scarier mode on Resident Evil 8, like the main playthroughs as it is, <laughs> but then there's just a mode where it's absolutely horrific. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll pay extra money for DLC just just so it could be extra scary, like more horror elements, more things coming out at you rather than just like so when I I watched the um I watched the, some gameplay for it uh before it even came out, and it's part when you're in the castle in the uh. Blood water in the blood blood water, I guess it's called, and you're walking around, mm. and I knew exactly when those vampires were going to pop up, exactly when because I watched it. I was thinking, okay, I'll probably forget about that by the time it comes out. Playing it, thinking this looks familiar. Oh wait, I know <laughs> when they're coming out. Great, but then I played the Maiden demo, and that was absolutely terrifying. That got me like, wow, nice, yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. right in my heart thinking oh wow that's uh, that's terrifying hopefully the game's gonna be about as terrifying it wasn't as scary as i thought it'd be but it still made me jump and i'll still play it again mm. it still makes me jump in the exact same spots even when i play it again i think um number eight is great just for its variety as well because it has got that horrible dollhouse pt thing going on but it also just has like some shootery elements and it does it's got the castle it's got a mixture of everything and um, what i really really love about it is the fact that it doesn't nece- it's not necessarily a like a, a direct sequel from the others it's 
like Ethan Winter's mm. own tril- own kind of another one make a ninth one as well. So I, I, I guess it's like a trilogy they want to do of Ethan Winters, which is great because it's a random guy in a horrible situation, much like Far Cry games. They're, they're um. Mm. You're being put into a situation you don't want to be in. That's why Five was terrifying, yeah. because it's cults in America. No one wants to be a part of that, and suddenly you're stuck in, like, these islands where you can't escape from. And, like, for example, in Five, when you're driving across the road, even if you're driving, you still see people getting executed on the side of the road. That's just, like, it plays on people's fears, and especially, like, with cults being so big in America, it plays on their fears for that specific game, which is great. Um... Yeah, whereas obviously, like, like I say about Far Cry Six, isn't I? Just, I don't know about that. That's that's where I kind of that's where I kind of. I really appreciate the uh, segue and back into Far Cry. <laughs> we had definitely just gone on a tangent about yeah. horror games for far too long. <laughs> I remember playing those first two Far Cry Two, and four. I I still think f- they never went back to doing what Far Cry Two did because people just they weren't ready for that at all. They're ready. Like Far Cry Three, you know, it should have en- it should have ended. Spoiler alert, you know, when he kills Vass, it should have ended. But then it becomes this whole thing about him going on and being a mercenary, and I was like, I totally tuned out of that. But with with the new one, with Far Cry Five, I mean, there are places like that in America where you, America's we take for granted how small England is, mm. but America is a huge place. You know, when I was in Vancouver. From mainland to the island, to Vancouver Island, that's a distance from Brighton to Scotland, you know. That's nothing in America, that's a drop in the bucket. And so there's tons of places where these people can actually hide out and live like that, and you never really know, you know. So this whole whole idea of being stuck in a place like that, completely cut off. Because when you're in your home country, you feel safe. That's what really creeped me out about that. It's just like, ugh. I mean, that's more creepy than a horror horror movie sometimes because you know there there are other human beings who want to do things to you that's that's creepy that's horrid there is three so so i was gonna say three is one of the i think one of the best far cry games um aside from primal i'm joking primal was not primal was way not good oh my god i can't believe i paid full price for that I could not. I, I was like, oh, I'm so excited to play Primal. I can't wait because I was, I was bigging up to my mates, going, oh yeah, Far Cry Primal's gonna be good. I got it. I was like, oh, oh, this is really bad. This no, this is uh, that's the Far Cry game they don't talk about. <laughs> but no, th- three was good. I loved three. I thought three was great. Um, I've been playing it over and over and over again. Four kind of tuned out. Like, I mean, I know in all the Far Cry games they have that little Easter egg where you can finish it in a few moments. Like for example, five. If you choose not to arrest him. I think it's yeah. If you choose not to arrest him, uh, you can literally end the game. Like that's it, the game over. You, if you arrest him, then obviously everything like shit hits the fan. But if you don't arrest him, that's it, the game ends. And it's like, oh wow. I saw on the uh, previous one as or the, the the one with the um uh, the dude in the pink suit. Apparently, if you just sit around, he goes off or whatever. And if you just sit there and wait for him to come back, he just takes you on a nice like helicopter trip, and that's the game <laughs> over <laughs> or whatnot. Like it's, 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 I like the way they do they do put that in the game. Because it is a cool little Easter egg to do, but again, with six for example, six feels like it's like just for example the the dog in the wheelchair. Man, like, what is that about? Like I saw the trailer I for that, that. I was like, what? that's my favorite thing about this new trailer. That looks. How like, do you not love it? I'm like, what monster are you? I'm scrolling. I see another one. It's like, oh, this is like a pet crocodile. I'm like, oh come on, man. What is this guy? Action man? Like, what's going on here? Like, no. And I, I I'm, I'm so I'm annoyed at Far Cry for two reasons. One, 
it didn't have a specific release date. And I know normally they're released about February time. So this year, I was getting excited. Didn't want to spoil it for myself by watching anything. So I thought, I'll get it when it comes out. February dropped, nothing came out about it. And I was actually quite upset. So I was a bit like, oh, okay. I guess I'm not getting it. This year. I guess I'm not getting it. And obviously now it's been slated, I think, for October time. Which is it's great. But again, are they going to show too much like too much too soon to get everyone hyped for it and then just collapse in on itself that's what i'm thinking about especially with horizon the sequel to horizon i mean love the first one but the second one has not really captivated me as much which sounds bad but i think it should have been a one and done mm. if that makes sense do you know what kind of i mean i've i've watched it be played i'm looking forward to playing horizon zero dawn at some point i've got it on the ps4 like ready to go um it kind of it's my kind of yeah, thing. I love Assassin's Creed yeah. games, and it basically looks like a slightly more larger-than-life version of Assassin's Creed. Mm. Looking at the trailer for the new one, it kind of felt like this is the same thing again, and maybe without the mystery. I mean, it still looks cool. I'll, I'll, if I like the first one, I will play that second one in the same way that if I like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm just going to play Valhalla because of, you know, I love that kind of game. Yeah, like, I, I, I do feel like if I said I'm not going to buy uh, the sequel to Horizon... I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm lying to my teeth. I'm I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> I'm well, yeah, buy you it. do seem to buy every game that comes out from what I've seen. So uh, I fully so, expect to be getting a review from you at some point on that. Genuinely, <laughs> I don't mean to do it. It's just like where I work, I do get like certain perks, and where I get ten percent off, and certain weekends I get fifteen percent off. I'm like, oh, it's fifteen percent off. I might as well. And then I just end up with a stack of games going. Oh, like for example, I bought uh, Death Stranding the other day because it was reduced to four pound, and that. That game, that game is phenomenal. It is a really good game. I mean, if I wanted to play a walk-in pizza simulator, I'd possibly find one on Steam if they've got one, but it is a good game. Um, but yeah, that, that that's not really much of a horror where I thought it was going to be a horror game, and it wasn't. I was a bit like, ah, oh, really? Like, kind of, but it's got an all... The trailers for that when it was, um, you know, for years before... Yeah. And the fact that it kind of was like, well, PT didn't end up happening and then Death Stranding was kind of announced and you thought, oh, okay, this is going to be a psychological absolute mindfuck of a game and then it turns out to be delivery sim, as you exactly. say. Exactly. But, <laughs> so. but it's got an all-star cast and that's what happens with these games these days. For example, the horror games, the best horror games, and I have to say this, these are the best, the Dark Anthology pictures. Oh my God. Man and Madan. You've got Big House Man. of Ashes coming out. Little Hope was terrifying. It was amazing. And they've got... Little like, Hope, man. That was great. Oh, Better than so Man and Madan for sure. So, but, Man and like, Madan, yeah, I love that game. See, Man of Dan was is my favourite because it's on a ghost ship. And I do love ghost mm. ships, uh, except the movie Ghost Ship. That was that was really droll. But this it's got the guy that played. I can't remember his name. Uh, but it's Will the, Will Poulton. Yes, for little Will Poulter. Sorry, yeah, Will Poulter. For, the for eyebrows. Hope. That's the one um, <laughs> in We're the Millers. I think it is he was in, which is a good film, and he's a good little actor, especially in that. He's a good actor. Um, mm. But then, then in Man of Medan, you've got the guy that plays Iceman, and he was in Quantum Break as well for the Xbox exclusive, and that yeah, was amazing. I can't remember his name, but yeah. But yeah, if you know what I mean, he's he's a good he's a good one. And you've got Ashley Tisdale in House of Ashes as well. That's coming out soon. I think there's gameplay reveal either today or tomorrow for for House of Ashes. Oh really? Yeah. I'm very excited about that. I say I loved loved uh, Little Hope and the demons you saw from the kind of ends. If you got if you picked up that, uh, I take it you picked up the frame in Little Hope and saw the little did, yeah. bit of House of Ashes. That's the like demon from The Exorcist to bring it oh, back. Oh yeah, to that, that, that film. I've just I've just searched that. That looks amazing. House of Ashes. That's going to be amazing. It, those games though. The only problem with it. I mean, I have played through uh, number. What's it called? Little Hope twice yeah. now. Um, to try and get the proper, you know, the, the best ending of it. Because um, we did well, but we didn't quite get everyone surviving. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a game. Once you've got like to the end and seen the you know what it is, won't give any spoilers because I hundred percent recommend everyone go play those games. Oh yeah. But once you kind of get that to that point, you're like playing it back through. It's no longer as scary. Like that fear is gone for me anyway. I did feel that. That's like with most horror things, though, isn't it? Once you once you know the joke, mm, yeah, it's yeah. like comedy movies. Unless you really love a comedy movie, once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. You know. Exactly. A thriller you can always go back to and be enthralled mm. over and over again. But with like a horror movie or or something like that, you know, once you've seen it, you've seen it, and it's like it's gone. It's useless. Well, not useless, but it's it's the pop's gone off. It's rare for me to watch a movie more than once, to be honest. But... Especially now, eh? You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've been getting that way a lot recently. It's I could I could watch the same. For example, I've seen Superbad over and over again, and it's I love comedies, and I adored it. I thought it was hilarious, and I laugh at every joke every time. But then I kind of recently I've been straying away from watching the same movies. I want to watch something different because I feel. I think I'm in a comfort zone where you just watch the same things over and over again because you know the outcome. You know it's comforting to know what happens, whereas I want to watch something different or play something completely out of my comfort zone, uh, which I think is quite hard to find these days. When you're set in your genre, for example, uh, Assassin's Creed, if you're set in your stealth genre, you will follow Assassin's mm. Creed up to Valhalla. But I feel like it's coming away from stealth as well, uh, whereas I love Splinter Cell. Mm. And those games, it, I felt like... When I'm playing it, I'm sitting there playing it. I'm thinking, oh, I've got to be quiet myself just because it's you're enthralled in that kind of espionage uh, thriller. The thing that's going to enthrall audiences is story. I think if oh, it, yeah. it hard, it's hard to come up with different stories because from a game studio's point of view, they want one great thing. Like that, fir- that first Assassin's Creed, I didn't really pay it no mind, but I played them. Um, for whatever reason, I can't. I can't remember what what got me, but on a whim, I went and brought Assassin's Creed 2, and I played the whole thing, and it was just, I just got it, I I got what they were saying, I got what they are meaning, I I even liked bits of it when you could climb to a tall building, and the music changes to more airy, becomes more airy and more more dynamic, and it's just, Mm -hmm. like, that was their way of saying, this is what Ezio Auditore, this is his hopes for his country, you know? And I just got that and was totally, I was into Assassin's Creed bus at that point, but after, like, what's it been, like, five, six games? spoken like a true sound designer there. Yeah. After, like, six or seven games, you just, or, or, you know, they've done that, where do you go now especially now people are so sort of in tune with what's happening in the world it's very hard to do something that's completely and utterly different you know and i think as well like people get greedy as well once they once a company has something they really want and they can really bang out i mean look at it right you're talking about um far cry fear look at call of duty since what since the early 2000s i had that whole world war and they cut with that and they did COD Mod 4, which just blew, changed the game. And now it's like, what do you do now, you know? I don't, with Call of Duty, I'm, I'm guilty for getting my mum to buy me Call of Duty on release day uh, every single year. And I kept up that tradition yeah. because I really enjoyed it as a kid. I enjoyed World at War. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Zombies, were br- that was brilliant for what it was back then. Now I cannot stand it and I really think it sucks. But I, I played Cold War and I loved it. But then it became all, you've got to buy a battle pass and this and that. What? Yeah, I think to myself, whatever happened to season passes? Whatever happened to buying, spending thirty quid, getting every map pack for free over the course of the year, the game comes out. Apart from paying, then not have to pay um, extra money if that makes sense for it. Whereas you buy a Mm -hmm. sixty pound, six pound, six pound game now, then you've got to wait to oh DLC comes out, spend an extra like fifteen quid, 
And then before you know it, you've paid over 100, 200 pound, especially with COD points these days, you spend over nearly 250 quid on a game that you spent 60 quid on. Whereas hey, one thing uh, I can't help nursing with your it's showing the my age here of um, I remember when you bought a game and you didn't have DLC there wasn't any season passes that was just everything was already in the game you bought. But <laughs> yeah. I, I remember buying a game yeah, like way back in the day, right? Be, being twenty five, yeah. <laughs> be, being twenty five, I do remember buying obviously for my Xbox, my PlayStation three, buying a game and not having to wait an hour and a half for it to install with day one updates. Which was great. Mm. You put the game in, straight away you go. You're into the game. The only thing that slowed us down was loading times. And now they've sped up loading times, but slowed down the installation process, which I don't, I don't get it. What? Why? Do you know what? As a big like fan of digital gaming, though, now you can pre-install that before you buy it, and you're just ready to go as soon as the as soon as they flip the switch on the server. But nothing, nothing beats. And I, I don't know if any of you guys can agree with me. Nothing beats going to a shop either at midnight or in the morning and picking up the game like literally holding it in your hands nothing beats that feeling of holding a game in your hand going yes like can't I completely agree game. with you Dan I remember when they wrapped Lego Indiana Jones and literally two days later I was in game and I saw that in in uh, on the shelves you know in its own little little box cardboard box with the whole thing and you're just like I mm. worked on that that's in the media and it's such a i was about to say this is just this is drop the your your name drop <laughs> yeah it's just such a, a a cool feeling of just going like wow i made that there's such a sense of pride but now i think with everything else you know it's just like maybe that's a good thing maybe it doesn't maybe that's a way for stories that people really want to play or really want to be a part of to come out you know i mean i mean just I mean, sorry, going, going, when you say you go into game, you say I worked on that. I'm sure I'm like, wait, wait, you worked on that? What? <laughs> Tell me more. Like, <laughs> uh, that's like wow. Like I played that as this a is, kid. Um, Nathan, our resident sound engineer from. Uh, I was from I was not a sound games. engineer on that. I was a I was a t- I was a uh, games tester. You know, I had a three month contract and on um, Lego Indiana Jones. It was one of the funnest jobs I've ever had. It was it was. <laughs> It was just mad, but absolutely <laughs> fun. And I, I just remember I, I started doing morning shifts, and all the morning shifts were very business, you know. But I started, I changed, switched to doing the late graveyard shifts, and they were just fun. They were just so much fun. We we would just literally order order takeaway, run playthroughs. My boss, she she was absolutely mental. She was she was the most inappropriate person I've ever met. Great woman to work for though. <laughs> I can't remember her name, but and we were we were just treated. It was just fun. It was just so much fun. I was like, this is this is living, you know. But the contract ended, and I had to move on. So that was that. But oh, it man. was it was a really great time. Those jobs aren't aren't hard to get, you know. But I don't know if they still do. They must do QA, but they that was in house because. TT Games at the time was a very small company, but now a lot of games companies, they outsource a lot of stuff. Like, they'll outsource audio, they'll outsource QA. You can make a whole game by outsourcing stuff without having an in-house team, you know, now. So, but, and, you know, games have always led led the world in how to do that stuff. Like, a lot of films, I've got a lot of friends who work in um, film and they do, you know, the... Uh, Avengers or whatever, like you know, all those Marvel films because they're all CGI heavy, and a lot of them are done in India. They're just outsourced, you know, because you can you can hire two hundred CG guys in India or whatever much cheaper than you can do in the UK. Uh, do in the UK. I'm paraphrasing, but you know. Yeah, that's uh, 
that's, that's still pretty cool though. <laughs> like, that's, I'm still a bit like, wow, that's... The most I've watched with Lego is having an unbuilt Batmobile that my girlfriend <laughs> had bought for me that I still haven't finished yet. <laughs> well, you've got a great girlfriend. She bought you a Victoria Lego Batmobile. That's pretty awesome. I'm looking at going, I'll finish this at some point, and then I'm like, but I want the Batwing and the Batcow. And I'm a huge Batman fan, uh, which is why I'm kind of annoyed that they pushed back Gotham Knights by at least a year and a half, which kind of sucks. But I'm, I'm not bitter about that at all. <laughs> well, actually, that's the thing. You were saying about the pushback on um, Far Cry, but, you know, yourself, no, it's COVID, right? Everything's pushed back at the moment. It's hard to blame. I, I feel like sometimes they push games back because they're not, like Cyberpunk, that game was continuously pushed back. And when I eventually got it, um, I had a few friends who get the same day as me and one of them said, oh, the sound's got issue or the screen's too dark or it just doesn't play well. Or if you're driving a car, there's other people just sitting in the car and it's just NPCs are just like just sitting there. I'm thinking, oh, OK, like but they, they can just update the game file, can't they? If they have that's that's the thing, though. back in the day, that was I mean, to go back to what Callie was saying when buying a game. Back in the day, mm. if you screwed that up, you get fired. You know, that would be oh, yeah, so 100%. much money. There was less areas to make bugs, really. Yeah. Like, it was, the, not, everything was smaller, so it's not like, um, back in the day, if you have, like, copy of Banjo-Kazooie, had, like, some <laughs> bug in it, unless it was actually game-breaking, there's not that much area to explore yeah, exactly. to have bugs, and it would just become a, one of those weird features that would be on a list 20 years later about, like, <laughs> going to this one area and fall through the floor kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's um, it, like like I said, back in the day, it, it's, it'd be instrumentally humongously bad if someone had messed that up. Now these days, it's oh, don't worry, we can patch it with a file. But I'm still a firm mm. believer of if it's not finished, don't bring it out. Yeah, I'm up for that. I mean, that's why I'm not in a rush to get these games. I've got enough stuff to play mm. right now. Uh, if there's a game and it's not ready, just, just chill. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> like so, I'm happy to wait. I I, I want to believe that they're pushing uh, pushing games back because of COVID, but I also believe, mm. for example, um, Hogwarts Legacy. I am I, I'm a Harry Potter fan. I grew up with Harry Potter. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy for me is a way to live out my Harry Potter like yeah. dreams by being a wizard. But I feel they pushed that back because of the demand for PS5s at the moment and next gen consoles in mm. general. It's hard. I know it's hard to get one, and if you're lucky to get one, then you are lucky. Um, but recently I've been seeing, for example, Game, for example, they've been doing uh, deals saying if you trade in your Xbox One, you get an Xbox One Series S for £100. And I think people are... Yeah, no, the, uh, yeah, the Series S is £100. Yeah. I'm actually, I've got a spare um, Xbox up in <laughs> Edinburgh. I'm trying to get them to ship back down to me so I can go make that trade. Just Have you seen that thing? It's so cute. It's, <laughs> it's the smallest it's, console I've ever seen. It's Which one? The original Xbox or the Xbox? No, no, the um, the new Series S, the like sort of cheap, the budget version of the uh, Series X. It's like it's like the size of your hands. It's yeah, it's, it's, like the size of your foot. Yeah, it, 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 oh, it's yeah. quite cool to have, and it comes in different. Like, it comes in white, and the, you got the uh, the Series X comes in black. Whereas you got the mm. PS5 that comes in just white, and like that thing, I have to dust mine like at least twice a day I'm like just dust gets on it constantly uh, which is why I'm glad they bring out the new colours for the DualSense controllers personally and as hyped as I am for it <laughs> I'm, I'll be spending £65 on it <laughs> Yeah, I'm um, I'm a fan of anything that's a bit colourful and fancy. As I think I think I mentioned in our talks the other day, I'm I'm looking to get that. Uh, I'm hoping my partner will buy it for me. The Shock Electric Shock or something or Electric Volt, I think it's called Xbox controller, and oh. it's this horrific t- toxic green. It looks like the kind of um, you know, the candy you got, which just makes your mouth explode. Yeah, like that yeah. colour green. No, yeah. <laughs> and I want it. I've never wanted something so kind of ugly before. <laughs> 
I think a lot of game companies do like I miss the limited edition controllers. That's what I love. Mm. Like when Tomb Raider came out in 2013, you had like an actual bandage wrapped around the controller, but it wasn't obviously yeah. a bandage. It was natural. Like it felt like a bandage, and you felt the axe marks in it. And I was like, oh wow, that's definitely worth the money. They used to do that with like Halo in COD Four. You could get a Halo Xbox, and they'd do a whole package with that, and you could just buy it with that game. Or then you could do. Mm. So they've always done that. And you know what? Finally, the bolt on what you're saying there. There's always there was always a shortage, and there was always a sort of those midnight buyings of what PS one when it first came out you know ps1 and xbox sony brought ps2 out and then with that next generation they had x360 and ps3 you know and it was the same thing with that there was, so there's something about that that's a ploy if you put a tantalizing bit of bait out you know someone's gonna go and bite on it and then you have a scarcity mentality and then you know people will just go for it it's just i thought that's what this would be because like the uh the nintendo we have the same yeah exactly and it's oh, yeah. just a, it's just a ploy to con people into spending money up front for something that probably isn't done yet. I I don't know if this is like the thing is the the scarcity of the PS5 isn't actually as scarce. I mean it is definitely very scarce, but like this the the sales numbers they've got compared to the PS4, it's already like the same or more than the PS4. So like the- since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
fact that they're um they're just there's more demands than there was last generation for the PlayStation. Of course, yeah. So they've 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 made as many as they made the PS4, but there's just more people needing to buy it now. So and of course, yeah, as I say, COVID is causing everything, and that is including these um delays in consoles the chip shortages at the moment mm. is what's stopping most electronics getting made so yeah oh, cool, you're right, but i do believe that if you're lucky to get one uh, if you wake up at three in the morning because you can't sleep and you just happen to look and find one i, I do believe that you are incredibly lucky to have one like, i do feel quite mm. lucky to have one myself but like i do like for example i walk around my town and i'll go into the, the local cex and throughout lockdown and stuff they were open to obviously trade stuff in and i would go in just click and collect some bits and pieces that i wanted to play and now when they reopened they had a few ps5s in in the window i was thinking oh wow okay fair enough but then i've gone in there today for example and there's six there's just six to sit in there at 740 each i'm thinking oh 740 pound uh the cax can f off yeah seven seven forty seven forty each i'm not trying to put any hate on cex nah, i'm just saying they're 450 retail because they can exactly. for a console that you can easily you can easily get in a few months and of course they can does does, does it mean they should <laughs> because they can no no definitely not i mean when you see scalpers doing it it's, it's you can hate them oh yeah the fact that these are uh, like cex as an actual company are doing it it kind of feels a bit more like well fuck you guys to be honest for people because basically like you don't know buys games anymore they just download them right you know you just you can just download them straight from steam or whatever. a lot of people buy games i download them if i can i i i hate buying disc games but yeah most people like them i think well until relatively recently you know you would have had to download it because no one could leave their house i mean those people they're making they must be making money hand over fist with dlc after dlc because all they oh, have to do oh, is just update it online i do believe like i i, I have i've been writing a, a piece that i hope cali will publish for me uh, about how covid did change like the gaming industry and how people yeah. have been staying at home and how sony created that stay at home campaign by giving away journey which was an indie game i believe and uncharted the nathan drake collection for free really um, no way and it's, it's great I, I mean i own every uncharted game anyway in frames because i'm a huge uncharted nerd but even then yeah. to to get it for free was like oh wow awesome great uh, and i know microsoft have done the exact same thing and they've added more deals on last year as well which i've noticed now They've done a few deals, like their regular seasonal deals or two weekly deals they do, which is like all 70% off remasters or I think it's up to 75% off just normal games. Whereas during COVID, they were more likely, oh, people can't leave the house, they can't go to work. Let's just give them loads of free stuff. And now, obviously, I think they're trying to claw back on that just because you don't have to stay at yeah. home anymore. They've made everyone gamers. Oh, they have. Like, COVID has had that effect of like, well, yeah. I can't go to the pub. I can't go to, you know, anywhere, exactly. so I might as well just sit at home and play computer games. There's so many people didn't used to be gamers. I mean, even myself, like, I, I'm, you know, I've always played games, but my level of being a gamer has gone up so much with just, like, I'm not going anywhere, I might as well just sit here around playing games. <laughs> you know what, they already, they already had that ready to go. I just, like, you know, any good businessman is an opportunist, and COVID-19 just gave them that opportunity, oh, yeah. and they just 100%. seized on it like a motherfucker, you know, and just went for it. I mean, this is Christmas for them. I don't nothing wrong with it. Like, no, not at all. Sell me stuff. It's I'm bored at home. I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll take two exactly. games. Exactly. <laughs> but I, exactly. I, I do like you said. So I so say like you said that COVID it, it's made so it's made so many gaming developers opportunists to go. 
well, they can't go to the shop, just release it on here for half the price of what would be in the shop and just dump yeah. it on people and people will buy it. Like, for example, Hood, that, I know it wasn't during COVID, but that's not on discs. That came out on digital. I was like, I'm not a fan of buying digital games unless I'm really into it. I bought it. Hmm. I regret it <laughs> so badly. <laughs> but then there's other games that have come out, like a, a £10 game for PS Plus, and it's called, oh, I think it's, oh, I can't remember what it's called. You play as an old person. I can't remember what it's called for life for me. I have it currently ready to download at home and I'm, I'm so hyped to play it. But then, obviously, like I said, COVID's made everyone gamers, especially with esports as well. That must have taken off really. I don't do esports because yeah. I can't aim for shit. I'm really bad at shooting. But I imagine esports kind of took off immensely well from this. And even then during COVID, everyone was playing Among Us and I've never played it. And mm. other games, like Bits and Pieces. Fall Guy as well, that came out like around the right Bro. kind of time for people to I, play. I did hop on that hype for a little while and realise I'm getting so angry. Like, literally, when you don't qualify for three games in a row with your friends, you think, oh, you know what, I'll play something else. And we chose to play Realm Royale, <laughs> which is like a Battle Royale game. And that was most of my COVID time was just playing that. Like, whenever I get in from work, I was like, oh, boot it up, sit there playing Realm mm. Royale. And when the year wraparound came around for PlayStation, it's like, oh, log in, see what your stats are. I clocked 118 hours in that game. Whoa. And I didn't even platinum the game because I can't aim. I was like, kill 10 people a game. Okay, I got to <laughs> nine people. I, I I got bored. I uninstalled it. I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. I can't. But 118 hours. Wait, is that your only trophy there? That is my only trophy left to get on the game. And it's 100... Uh, Go download that right now. Like I'm, I'm frustrated at you for not getting that. That's one trophy. Come on, <laughs> it's really <laughs> putting the work. It's, it's probably put me off. All my friends are like you can do it. I'm like I can't do it. Let's all, let's all play Vigor <laughs> instead. Vigor's quite fun to play. Let's all play that. Gather resources and spend an hour in a game with radiation, trying to grab airdrops and run out the game at the end. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to go get that platinum now, aren't I? <laughs> You are. I demanded. Expect an article written exactly about platinum in that game. <laughs> Please, a hundred percent of games before you do anything else. Thank you. <laughs> um, speaking of though, back to um, Horizon. Then, so I watched that trailer just earlier today. Well, not the trailer, mm-hmm. the gameplay reveal. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. I thought Horizon was a bo- like a much more realistic like game, like the first one anyway. But it's got that kind of stylization. I like it. That kind of. I think it. You know, the fact that it's so vibrant and colourful maybe gives it that kind of cartoony aesthetic, but like, uh, yeah, I'll dig it. And also I love the raptors that have um, effing chainsaws for their jaws. <laughs> That's insane oh, to me. Sorry, the moment you said raptors, all I thought was, oh my God, it's Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's Jurassic World, primitive edition. <laughs> have you you played the first one yet? Yeah, or... I have briefly, like yeah, a couple of years ago when it came out, I bought a PS4 with it because um, I sold mine. And I was like, oh, mm. why not? I mean, I... I, I just a side note quickly, I do travel back from Xbox to PlayStation sometimes. I would trade my PS4 in to get an Xbox One and vice versa um, because of <coughs> Sea of Thieves. Love Sea of Thieves. But no, with Thieves it's, so, grand, it's so yeah. good. I demand my girlfriend gets it so I can hog it all the time. Um, now, with Horizon, it is... I loved it. I thought it was great, but I put in too many hours to it to restart the game. I'm thinking, no. I thought the moment I was going to play it again, I was thinking that it's, it's too many hours to put into it. I don't mind putting hours into a game. Just when your save data doesn't transfer over, it that puts you off playing. Um, but the sequel, I mean... You need that cloud. You need that cloud. I did. I mean, that. I didn't actually have... I didn't have broad, broadband at home until January last year, which I know sounds really like, wow, you didn't have broadband. Um, but I, I never really... <laughs> I was never really at home all the time to use it. And obviously, yeah. COVID all the time. I bought a little hotspot of, of, of O2 for 40 quid a month. And... That's it, no, straight away. My first game I downloaded through Pandemic 
was Stranded Deep, which was great at its time. Loved it. Just, I wish it continued to be... I wish it progressed to be better than it is. And that's a side note. I, that's on um, PS uh, Plus at the moment, isn't it? It's or, on, wasn't that this month's game? Oh, it's on PS Now. It's on PS Plus. It, I spent 15 quid on it. <laughs> So I was not fifteen. It's fine. You can brush that off. But that like, is sad. I hate. I hate the amount of times I have bought games and then they show up on Game Pass. What I can't brush off is the fact that I spent eighty pound on Avengers to get it three days early, max out Captain America to go. Yeah, I'm so happy. And then now it's like, oh, it's on Game Pass. Till, uh, sorry, not Game Pass. Uh, PlayStation Now till July. I'm like, why? And now it's twenty five pound in the shops. I'm like, why don't I just wait for it? With like, why don't I just wait? I should have been sensible and waited. Same as uh, Biomutant. I spent 50 on that. Hopefully, I'm just hoping it doesn't go down in price. I'm hoping it sells enough units to stay at 50 oh, quid. It will. Because it's... That's going to be 25 quid in a few oh, weeks, I'm sure. That. That. <laughs> oh, Man, you need to stop... Uh, well, actually, no, do do it. But, like, pre-ordering games, I'll never really do that. I'll wait until I've got a review. You know, yeah. see how I'll, it's looking. I'll never read a review of a Unless game. This is something I really want. There's something I've seen, and I'm totally captivated by it. Like, when I brought... Mm. Uh, I brought... Um, well, what was it? I bought Far Cry 2 when it first came out. I, I pre-ordered it. I brought Darkness when it first came Darkness 2 when it first came out. Pre-ordered it. And, you know, but a lot of the times I've I've done that. I did that with Operation Flashpoint 2. Pre-ordered it. Got it. Marmite game. Not my cup of tea. You know, didn't like it at all. But, yeah, I, uh, it's best to just wait for a couple of reviews and see what comes out. The best thing is to discover a game once the hype has gone down. And oh, then yeah. go and pick it up and just play it on a whim, and you're like, "Wow, this is mm. great!" Funny enough, I did uh, when I was a kid. I did pick up um, Army of Two, and I picked up the sequel before I got the first one for some reason because it's like people said, "Oh, it's it's okay, give it a go." I was like, "I'll give it a go." I fell in love with it. Apart from the third one, I did not fall in love with that one. But Army of Two definitely was a game. Just uh, it was sitting on the side in the in in the game shop in a town I went to. I was like, oh, "I'll give it a go." Wow! Oh my god, blown away by it. It didn't get as much appreciation as it should have done. Uh, like you said, it's, it's like a Operation Flashpoint, Flashpoint Marmite game. It's Marmite. You love it, you hate it. And with Army of Two, yeah. I loved it. If you have a friend to play with, it makes yeah. the game a lot yeah. better. And it was just so... The second one has so much more captivating uh, interactions with it. The first one, yeah, I mean, it was an introduction to it. And the third one just kind of, you know, fell off the bow. But Armour 2, guys, the dev team for that, they're the people who did the original Operation Flashpoint back in the day. Did they? You know? I did not know they- that. They made the original Operation Flash, and Operation Flashpoint back in the day was this. It was it was just such this game changer, but it completely changed on what an FPS was and how you do it. Do it because basically it's a full on pro military sim. That that's where they got they made their money by making games <laughs> for the government, you know. And I think those guys, there's something happened at um oh what's what's the name of the company now? Shit, I can't remember. Um, but I have a company that published a game. Something happened, and they went off and made Armor Two, and that's where those guys come from. But looking at Armor Two now, it's amazing. They've even got this whole set of interviews with ex uh, Special Forces guys on YouTube to celebrate Armor Two. They have all this, um, all these uh, like long form podcast videos with guys who are like like John Striker Meyer, all these guys who are in Mac v Sog, and it's just so dark to hear the kind of things they've done and hear the kind of lives they had it's just you know stuff mm. of like you know you know just stuff of your dreams as much as like uh, dreams of a young kid you know of a young 
boy who wants to do that kind of thing. Yeah, they're amazing. Running and gunning and being in the army and all that. It's weird to think of a game being there to like kind of promote the US <laughs> army, isn't it? But it makes, it makes sense. Wasn't Everyone that comes what... out thinking they're like, you know, a cod soldier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wasn't that what Modern Warfare was? Modern Warfare is funded by the US military. Wouldn't be surprised. Something, I'm sure I read that somewhere. It's always a bit like um, that's on it's you know obviously I think everyone's not a fan of war. Uh, (laughs) Seeing Microsoft though are like they have a contract with the military in America for these um, for their Hololens. Oh really? So basically, the American military will have like like Master Chief style HUD displays, and part of me's like, well, that means there might be some sort of cool VR thing coming for Xbox, like you know, funded by the military. There already (laughs) is, isn't there? Wow, I mean, I'd say. I mean, if they've yeah. got heads-up display, there's nothing yet. But I was gonna say, if they've got heads-up display for the military, where can I get that for airsoft? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That'd be, that'd be revolutionary. <laughs> on the back, on be the- awesome. Imagine that. They someone runs along and they've got like a little outline in red. You know where to aim them at. Oh, you know, it'll make games so much easier in the woods. It really, really would. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of, um, I, was, I, was, I was gonna say, just speaking of, like, obviously. Military's fun, military funding games uh, for people to kind of, you know, oh, this looks like we could do this in real life. I think they kind of stopped when people were 360 no-scoping off the top of, like, you know, a massive structure. <laughs> I think the government at that point went, no, nah, no more. <laughs> Just make whatever you want now. And then we got Advanced Warfare, <laughs> which I think that's when the companies went, ah, they don't, we're not getting funded, that's it. Just uh, make any old crap that we still buy anyway. Slight in terms of the funding, I know like in a a lot of like films and such, you know, if you do kind of deals where the American military will let you use their tanks and all that kind of stuff as long as you paint them in a good light. Yeah, that's that's by um, the Pentagon. That's what uh, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer does. That's why he does all those like Top Gun and, you know, like Under Siege, he didn't do that one, but what's what's that one? Crimson Tide. All those and uh, 13 Hours, they all have a link with Brockheimer, whereas I think I think the best war movies are made by people like Oliver Stone, you know, and things like that, like Platoon, like that's a really intense movie, but it, there's a real reality and authenticity to it. But funny to go back to the games and games and war when those Predator drones came first came out, the the controlling device was an Xbox 360 controller, and I mm. saw that and I thought, well, wow, now now because there was a whole thing, the whole. Republican right-wing thing, games are bad, cause violence, all this stuff. But, I mean, to see that shift, it's like, whoa, you know, it's like the, the cart is leading the horse now. It always reminds me of The Simpsons, where, like, they're in the um, the military training thing, and it's like, you know, in the future, we won't have any need for soldiers, but we'll have robots fighting our battles, and we'll need people to maintain those robots, and it's kind of happening, so... Well, you know, they were right about Trump, so, you know, it that was... They were right about everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just about... It's about oh, God, I don't know. I was, was going to say, speaking, okay. of, speaking of The Simpsons, and this is a fun fact, a fun nerdy fact I found out, that The Simpsons Hit and Run is the most requested remastered game at the moment is the top of the list really it's what people want and they're not giving what the people want which really sucks because it's like i'm with i'll pay 50 pound for a remaster for that game because it as a child i loved it i loved it a lot you'll pay 80 pound for avengers so i'm not (laughs) (laughs) that's not my finest hour and i do regret it but with obviously with the simpsons hit run you know what you're getting from that you know it's going to be like a hopefully hoping not just a hd remaster but a ground up remake they would look absolutely phenomenal and when you said they're using predator drones being controlled by um 360 controllers 
I, uh, I scrolled through TikTok, like the sad I am, and found someone controlling their Tesla with a PS5 controller. So I'm, I'm, there's cool. so many applications for these already. I think people are starting to see what else we can do with those consoles. I'm well into the idea of not having a steering wheel and just having a controller. Like, it takes up I, I space, don't trust so myself just... for that. <laughs> I don't know. Especially <laughs> it's like a actual like six-axis PS3. You know, trying to control it. Imagine you um you like sneeze and just hit down the brake trigger. Oh, how do you handbrake? Oh, circle, circle. To be honest, lads. I mean, I mean, soon we won't be driving. Soon all our cars will just have that. You know, Elon Musk Tesla thing where you just sit. Yeah, which will just which will just be just driving themselves. In that case, then I will not learn to drive. Say <laughs> controversial opinion, but good. I don't want to be driving. I just want to. I want to sit in my car. I want it to take me where I need to go, and I want to just you know check Twitter. I guess. Call a taxi. <laughs> Yeah, basically, I want a taxi. I don't want a driver. <laughs> I want a driverless taxi. Without the awkwardness of having to have a conversation with my taxi driver, like I can just <laughs> yeah. sit there getting driven around by my car. Really? Love it. Sometimes you meet some really interesting people driving cabs. I like that. You, you do. I've yeah. always um, if if I've got drunk, it's always I, I've always, sorry to interrupt. I always sat, I was in a taxi on the way home. I always sat there going. I'm drunk. I'm, I can tell my, I can get the character. I get the character. I'm drunk, right? I'm sitting there, and the taxi driver's going ahead. And like, you're always in your head to think, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. How's your night going? All the time. When no matter what you do, it's always, how's your night going? It's pretty slow. It's picked up you, and uh, probably finished soon. So half past three in the morning, having a, ta- having a conversation <laughs> with a random taxi driver. I've had great conversations with taxi drivers before, like, but I'm just saying, I, I don't want, if I can choose to just sit in my car, like, this isn't replacing taxis. This is, replacing my need to drive somewhere if i can get in and not have to worry about you know doing it myself i mean there's a, i like driving sometimes but most of the time i'd rather just be if i could just chill out in the back playing a computer game and it gets me to my destination i'm happy with that um one more thing we wanted to sort of talk about if you might don't mind um it's just it's the sonic anniversary coming up oh yeah so i just wanted to see i mean i myself i'm not like sonic's fine it was there when I was a kid. I've not played it since I've been an adult. And my only real, my, my biggest memory of it, I've learned that first Robotnik boss where he's swinging the big ball, is the drowning music and how much anxiety that gives me. So I just wanted to see what your guys' uh, like experience with it. Have we got any sort of Sonic fans here? I was, I was more of a Mario fan, to be honest. But I remember the first console I got was um, a thing called Game Gear, which is basically the size it was like it was like a very chunky ipad you know it had a screen which was about the size of the screen for my picture here a little bit smaller and you know the first two games i got was was their version of tetris which i honestly can't remember what it was called and sonic and it was just everyone in the playground was playing sonic or mario kart at the time back in this was in the 90s you know it was just a divide split like red sea you're either into sonic or you're you're into mario and i just remember sonic being completely it's good to know our um, tribalism never changes does it exactly exactly <laughs> but the whole point is like when i look back at it now it I, I look at it and it's just like okay that was then but i don't really feel the need to play it now but i would stop and play mario again mm. you know so I don't know. Maybe, maybe for me, sometimes the Sega stuff it just really didn't stick with me. But they're a, they're a great developing company. You know, the thing they recently did was that Alien Isolation. Oh, Sega makes some great stuff now. The Yakuza series. Yeah, they were oh, great. Yeah, yeah they totally. were great. Um, I have to admit, and I'm gonna hide myself here now. I've never actually played a Sonic game. I've never been wow. interested. Just let the silence sit there for a minute because <laughs> that was shocking. I was gonna say, I was thinking, I'm sitting there. You got, oh, when you said, "Oh, uh, any Sonic fans?" I'm like. 
Oh my god! And then you said Mario. I was thinking, oh no, um, Mario. I've never, I've never been into Nintendo at all. Like never in my life. I've had a couple of Switches. I bought um, mostly because I, I enjoy Animal Crossing. That is the one game that kind of goes. You know what? That's peaceful. There's no hostility to it. Never played Sonic. Never played Mario. I've never been interested in it. I've never actually. I understand. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's been a pleasure working with you, Dan. Thanks for um, <laughs> thanks for coming on. <laughs> I do understand the, the hype for it. And everyone loves it, and I just. Like yeah. with Sonic, I was looking at it going, it's a blue hedgehog. I can't. I, people must think that about Uncharted. It's it's a male Tomb Raider. It's dude. Yeah, it's dude. Like it's basically <laughs> Laura Croft as a man, um, which I, I kind of understand. And like, fair enough. If, if Sonic's your thing, Sonic's your thing. Um, Mario, I've I've played one Mario game. That's Mario Kart, and that is so stress inducing with your friends. You're sitting there, you're just like, just wanna just get it. But no, I, I do. I have to admit. I appreciate what Sonic is and what what Sonic's done, but I couldn't tell you anything about it because I've never I've never sat down to play it. Maybe that's fair. Like I, I just I just am shocked at like I'm I'm so used to that being kind of like a touchstone for like people's first kind of gaming experiences like Sonic or Mario to not have my my, my just first wild to me. my first gaming experience was Dino Crisis. <laughs> that oh wow. Which, oh, wow. if we may just for a second, that is a game that if they could mm. do a remake, like a proper Honestly, remaster. it is amazing. And the game I took on after that was Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 Enter Electro. Those games stuck with me and made me love superheroes and made me love Spider-Man to what it is today, which is absolutely phenomenal. Apart from Miles Morales, that game just doesn't sit... I can't... I sit there thinking... Oh, what? I'm sitting there going, I could literally play as Peter Parker. I could play, as Sp- I could play Spider-Man. The only thing that draws me to Miles Morales is, first of all, he's got cooler suits and he's a teenager, so he's still adapting that role of Spider-Man, but also the fact you have Venom punches. Like, yeah, okay. I thought you were saying you didn't like Miles Morales. I was, I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, that looks great, I, that I, game. I, I want to get on. I'm not a fan of Miles Morales, but the game turned me into a fan of Miles Morales. I don't understand mm. how. I'm just like, the way he jumps off uh, rooftops, it's like, oh, wow, he just doesn't care. He's, like, got his hands cool, behind his head. Like- fall in backwards thing yeah exactly it's like that's cool but then when you play spider-man you're like oh it's like a 25 year old peter parker's going oh doing a backflip again <laughs> and i think I, I could play it going his back's gonna break that night no, no way but then again obviously with hopefully spider-man 2 coming out soon that will like hopefully you can play as miles morales a lot more and have more kind of connection with spider-man in that but i i, I digress my way from from my non-Sonic playing games, <laughs> it's fine. We can hide that. We can we move on from that. I'm not too, but I mean, I I I played that first game of Sonic. I've seen not Sonic and Knuckles, but I've had no real connection with it other than that whole just absolute stress-inducing underwater levels. But as for that Spider-Man, honestly, I think it's like with uh, Enter the Spider-Verse and of course Miles Morales now being in uh, mm. his own kind of computer game. Like. I don't know if I want to ever play as Peter Parker. Oh no, I'm saying, <laughs> he's okay. just—he's just not—he's not Miles Morales. Oh. Miles Morales is a, this is gonna get like so much hate. I'll be honest <laughs> from uh, Spider-Man fans, but oh, I'll oh say, no, if fuck Peter Parker. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm one to believe. Oh, everyone's got their own opinions on everything. Like I myself never liked Miles Morales. Played the game. I was like, oh wow, okay, this is this is actually pretty cool. He's like a really cool like yeah. He's just—he's just an overexcited teenager. He's like. I'm like I'm I'm an overexcited 25 year old, so I'm like, oh my god, I match up so well with this guy, <laughs> and I'm just I'm thinking, oh wow, like when I'm playing Miles Morales, I'm not playing. I, I know I'm not Peter Parker. I'm no, I'm a different Spider-Man. It's like when you mm. um, I, I say it's like when you played Batman, but you're not really anyone different apart from you know, you're Batman, especially in Arkham Asylum. That you know, you are you know one 
version of Batman. I've always been up for them, just uh, straight up when they next do a Batman film, move away from Bruce Wayne, make it Dick Grayson, yes. you know, make it one of oh, the other Batman. I think we're ready to move on. I, I, think, <laughs> you know? I think we are. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I'd love to see a Nightwing movie because Titans were done, done it mm. incredibly well. Uh, I haven't watched Titan series two yet, which really is upset is upsetting. Same, but. <laughs> but if I have to say, if they do do a uh, another Batman movie, Stephen Amell all the way for Batman because he played a better Batman than he did Arrow. I have to admit, I'm not. I'll, that'll get hate. That'll get so much hate. But Stephen Amell did play a better Batman for Batman. Are we talking about? <laughs> sorry, is that an actor's name? Yeah, it's um. Was this? A, have oh, you okay. never seen Arrow? I'll just check it out. I, was, I don't remember. No, I've not. But um, I don't remember there being like a. You know, a Bruce Wayne called Steven something. I'm like, I don't remember anyone else taking up the mantle called Steven. The last Bruce Wayne I remember was... Uh, was what's his name now? You know Christian who I Bell? Mean. It's says Michael Keaton. No, not Michael Christian Keaton. Bell. I could Christian be so Bale. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Christian Bell, he nailed it, I think. But his, it's that guy from the Twilight movies now is going to be Batman. Oh, that, oh Rob Patterson. Bat that's Shane? the one. I No, I like that. Rob Bats... Back and back. Rob Patterson. Uh, he's fine. He was good in Tenant, I thought. I thought he was, he was awesome. He was amazing in The Lighthouse. He was like, people look at him and go, oh, he's from Twilight and, uh, and Harry that. Potter. You watch his independent stuff, like Water for the Elephants, I think it's what it's called, and uh, The Lighthouse, and he really comes up for his show uh, artistically. I sound like Patrick Bateman when I said that. <laughs> I just realised. <laughs> no, he's a good actor, man. He, he deserves the recognition. And I don't see why he can't play Batman. I mean, I, I, I get that the look is very much like My Chemical Romance, but like, <laughs> I, I'm a big My Chemical Romance fan. I'm all right with that. I did not. I, did <laughs> I mean, I know the Riddler's got a very um, Zodiac Killer vibe to him. He looked very, like, just duct taped up, but cool, awesome. Make it more gory. I'm, I'm happy for a Batman film to be really gory. That scene in the little uh, trailer they gave where he just absolutely beats someone down and it actually reminds me of the fighting in the Arkham mm. games. You know, it's just got that fut, 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 like building up quicker and quicker. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally oh, up for no. it. I think the car looks a bit crap. It looks like a, it's just a Mustang or something. It's just, it? yeah, like, it's just a, it's a, a bit low effort. It's a spray but, painted, souped up Mustang. Probably make, which is probably cool, like a, I guess. Like a Mustang. It's so what Mustang happened to, um, <laughs> What happened to Ben Affleck being Batman? So, as just... far as sorry, I was gonna, as far as I know, with Ben Affleck, he done so. First of all, he done really well in Batman v Superman. I didn't like that film personally, but I do love Henry Cavill Superman. He was a great choice for Superman. Mm. Uh, obviously, the secondary choice yeah. will always be Christopher Reeve. Henry Cavill. Yeah, I keep I keep pronouncing his name wrong. It's, it's Cavill Cavill. Um, I was going to say Christopher Reeves was a good Superman so was Dean Cain for The Adventures of Lois and Clark uh, I love that show grew mm. up watching that show yeah, um, yeah it was, well, that's back in the day I yeah, it was it, that came out I think that came out a few years before I was born and that's like making everyone feel <laughs> old right now um, but I'm watching that in the early 2000s going wow that's really cool holy crap like what the hell um, there were some there were some really good storylines in that show there you was you know some really yeah. I remember the storyline and it was the guy who worked at who worked at the um worked at the Daily Planet, you know the the kid who worked at the Daily Planet, and he had this yeah he'd get hay fever every year, and it turns out he had some the government genetically modified something in, and the way they did that story was just mm. really amazing. It was a really like a simple piece of storytelling that just worked so well, you know. Um, I don't know how we ended up being talking about uh, Batman in the first place. Honestly, I have no clue. Uh, you were talking, you were <laughs> talking actually, about Batman Lego, so you opened that. I, to be fair, I don't know who mentioned it, but someone did mention Batman, and that is like, you know, I have thousands of comics at home to do with Batman, and 
There you go. A hundred, like that's that's it. Instantly, you guys are like, oh my god, he's he's a Batman nerd. Like oh. <laughs> he's, he's gone on it. I love Batman. I'm a huge Batman fan. Um, my partner's got like the tattoo of like he's got half. It's the Batman symbol, but one half of it's like just ha 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 ha. Yeah. Has, and it's the Joker side of things. I've been wanting to get my own like Batman tattoo at some point. I, like, I've actually got the back of my legs reserved for a Batman symbol and a Robin symbol. Awesome. I've always wanted, I don't know why I've always wanted that, but then. I'm a huge fan of Captain America. I have a Captain America shield at home. Mm. I've got everything Captain America at home. I have um, I have every Falcon, the Winter Soldier pop figure as well that's come out so far because I'm <laughs> that sad. And I do feel like sometimes like with Uncharted, I have a whole Uncharted sleeve and I absolutely adore that game. But I know I would never stray away from that. However, with Marvel and DC, I feel like if I get a tattoo of something like that, I'm thinking, am I going to one day pack up and sell my comic books? So that's why I feel sometimes, mm. especially with with games as well, I could love a game to pieces and think, one day do I wake up and go, no. <laughs> Uncharted is completely different. That, that was there for me during dark times, so I'll keep that like close to my heart. I always think, like, uh, back in the day, I remember I, I was thinking like I could get Metallica tattoo. Now, I can't tell you the last time I listened to Metallica. It's probably a decade ago. <laughs> so, like, it's very good. I never decided to go with that, despite being a huge fan of it in my youth. So, I think Batman's probably all right, though. Oh, yeah, Batman's... I, I, I don't think I'm committed enough to Batman to, like, to ever fall out of it. Like, at the moment, the level of watching I do with it is all like, oh, I've not got comics. I love the films. The Nolan's trilogy is amazing. Mm, yeah. And I think it's just, like, iconic enough that like, I could deal with a uh, just tattoo of it for it being iconic. Yeah, I think... The- it's the thing with Nolan's trilogy. It's not just a great sort of DC thing. It's a great piece of filmmaking. All those films 100%. are just smashed out of the park. Oh, The Dark Knight was absolutely phenomenal. I remember watching that cinema. It's just a just, great film. The first, I yeah. think, fifteen minutes was filmed in IMAX for the bank robbery, and that was just absolutely mm. like that was amazing angles, amazing cinematography. I don't understand who, like, you know what I mean. I, I, I'm sitting there going, "Wow!" Like, I'm twelve years old. I'm sitting there, "Wow." And then Why would you have another Batman film after that? That's why I don't get it. I mean, The Dark Knight Rises wasn't great. It sold it. immensely well in the box office, done incredibly well, was regarded as a really good superhero movie. But for me, I was thinking it doesn't feel like a Batman movie. It feels like a, a whole kind of, you know, he's got too much going on in one kind of sitting. Well, that one came along, I believe, during the writer's strike when yeah. a lot of shitty films mm. got put out. Yeah, and like there yeah. is some lines in there which to me like are unforgivably bad like most of the film I can deal with and I really like uh, what's his name Tom something the Bane Tom Hardy I, I, yeah. like, I absolutely Tom Hardy his Bane I was going to say Holland yeah. like cause that's <laughs> Superman but that, Spider-Man but I was, I was just say. like imagine him as trying to be <laughs> <laughs> Tom but like uh, yeah his Bane <laughs> I absolutely love up. I thought it was really I mean, cool if you loved him as t- um, Bane have you ever seen Legend that ah, wow I have yes wow <laughs> him showing up with the uh, two hammers that that was a, i think was my favorite bit in that film perfect piece of cinema right there i cannot i cannot believe how good that film is but um what's your um what's your favorite super super hero movie guys it is probably <laughs> dark. oh wait how it's dark knight i mean like that is a great one ragnarok if the marvel side of things ragnarok oh man i don't know if dan is approving oh, or absolutely hating sorry. me right now dark knight perfect choice amazing <laughs> i'm not going to judge you for it ragnarok was great it's funny it's thor who doesn't love thor everyone loves thor um i have to say yes. my favorite uh, marvel movie has got to be uh winter soldier but no, I, that is a great one. But for Marvel, that's, yeah. I think that's too, everyone loves it too much. Whereas I remember watching the 1977's uh, Spider-Man on VHS, which was Spider-Man Strikes Whoa. Back. That was Whoa. that was 
Hold a great up. piece of film right there. 1977. Like 1970s, yeah. I have no idea what this film is. It's <laughs> the most cheesiest Spider-Man you've ever seen in your life with one web shooter and it's literally, you can see it's just thread but it is genuinely, I'm sitting there thinking, well, as a kid, this is amazing. Oh my God, it's Spider-Man because the, obviously the special effects wasn't as good as they are now. Like you can't CGI, you mm. know, that. Mm. But then when you climb, you just walk up to a wall and start to climb on the wall or jumps onto the ceiling. It's like, wow, <laughs> where's the ropes? Where's everything they done with that? It's, <laughs> and the, the eyepieces were just like thumb bits that they just pricked through and it just looks so, so good. Like, I prefer the Spider-Man with open eyes instead of the uh, closing eyes. I prefer Spider-Man with just his mm. standard eyes that are open just because it gives him more of a... This sounds like a film that's probably uh, out of out of licensing. We should do a watch-along on this. <laughs> like, <laughs> we oh. can probably legally stream that. That would be... Uh, I wish... Do you know what my favourite superhero movie is? Go uh, for the, it. The second one I like is X-Men 2, but the first superhero oh, movie I ever so really thought was amazing was Unbreakable mm. by M. Night Shyamalan. That is an amazing retelling of a superhero myth. And when I watched mm. it, I was just like, that's totally a very different. That's not what you away. kind of. Yeah, I wasn't expecting nah, that. That, 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 that shocked me. That's, that's a good film, though. Like, Glass as well is especially a good film. I've not seen Glass, is it? I haven't seen Glass or Split yet. You know, I, I need to go watch those two. I saw that in the Curzon in Soho with my father, Unbreakable. And I was just blown away by the whole thing. It was just totally riveted. Like, year 2000. I was, I was just like, wow. And there were no so superhero movies. There was there was no X... Well, X-Men didn't come out till I think, 2000. X-Men had just come out. There was no Spider-Man. There was no Batman. There was no nothing. That was the first superhero movie that came out. And I remember seeing it and just, like... I feel I'd seen something that no one else had seen. And it was just totally rocked me to my core. And I was I mean... just like, whoa. Hold up, hold up, hold up. There has been Batman films for a long time yeah. before Sure, that. sure, but <laughs> not, like they, not like they have been to the modern day. Oh, no, like, of not. No, 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 nowadays we're saturated, frankly. Yeah. But I would say the first, like, those X-Men ones you're on about were kind of some of the first new ones. Yeah, I mean, there was no, yeah, there was no Marvel or DC Universe at the time. It was just, it was just no. there were a few superhero movies here and there, Occasional but nothing really big. Films. I do think Blade kicked it off though. Where's his stuff as Blade? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That kicked yeah. off what we have yeah. now. We wouldn't have had. I never really think of that as a superhero film though. But it was like, a know, superhero that's, that's movie. A vampire yeah. film. I know he is a comic, but I don't think of him as that. You know, I think of that as just like some cool ass vampire. So film. I was gonna say, like, if it wasn't for Blade, we wouldn't have what we have now. Which I'm clearly wearing a Marvel Studio T-shirt as well, <laughs> which is just. We wouldn't have had what we have now without Blade, which paved the way for it. Especially with X-Men, like, back then, X-Men just worked. I don't understand how it worked. Like, the first X-Men movie was just amazing. And especially casting, you know, Hugh Jackman for Wolverine as Wolverine for for nearly 20 years is just phenomenal. And especially, like, obviously now, Marvel trying to gear up to do a new X-Men, new Fantastic Four. You know what? I like the Fantastic Four from years ago. I thought that was great. Like, it just it just happened. It just... They didn't have to rush it all together. They just went, right, we're going to make an excellent movie. Just chuck some people in, see what happens. And they had great sure, banter. I quite liked things not being joint together as well. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I know the Marvel Cinematic Universe is in its, like, you know, it's in its prime. It's, it's, it's this new thing. But for me, I, I like the films being kind of separate. I wish DC weren't trying to mimic... <sighs> Marvel and we're just sticking to just like here's an Aquaman film, here's a Batman film, that'd be much preferable for me like, stop trying to make them combine I mean, to be fair, Man of Steel did, like, Zach I, I, I'm not a fan of 
Zack Snyder's work as such, uh, because I did watch the original Fantastic, uh, not Fantastic Four, Justice League, but I know that was Joss Whedon because uh, mm. Zack Snyder has some family issues to deal with. So I do know that yeah. it's not a hundred percent his movie; it's Joss Whedon. I did feel I was watching like a, a DC Avengers movie more than I was watching a, a, a dark DC movie. But then, uh, have you not seen the new one? Oh, I sat through the, four hours. The, yeah. yeah, I sat through that, and I thought it was, I thought it was good. The, um, the especially yeah. the Batman Joker interactions where he says, "I'm gonna effing kill you." Yes, it's what we'll see more of. It. That line was great, though. I'll be honest; that whole Joker thing at the end was the only bit of that film I didn't like. Just I, see, I don't like Jared Leto. Funery of like Joker. Yeah, exactly. Don't like, I, I can't. I don't do like Jared Leto. Right. <laughs> I don't like the Joker as a character. But those two together, because because I don't like either character or either person or character, they mixed it to something that I I sit there and go, this is cringeworthy. He's saying cringeworthy things, but it's working so yeah, well. And it's the the idea is you want to annoy people. If someone doesn't like Jared Leto or the Joker, he's gonna obviously play to that. Especially the fact they they messed yeah. them up as putting tattoos on his face. Like, what were they thinking with that? Oh my god! It was. I, I mean, it wasn't a great joke. I reckon he could have been better in the Suicide Squad if he had more time. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But and that film wasn't great. That's anyway. But which one? That that scene, that final scene. I didn't like the uh, Suicide Squad. Okay, like it wasn't okay. great. <laughs> Well, not... But like that uh, that final bit on Zack Snyder's uh, Justice mm. League, though, like he this it's the cringy stuff he says. It annoys me. I think most about it. But I did like seeing Batman just straight up going, "Oh fucking shit!" That's perfect. <laughs> like Batman, come on, he's 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 given up his like no killing rule. This is the apocalypse. He will kill. The most me. we've seen of Batman's no killing rule is Michael Keaton, where he just grabs the Jack Nicholson's Joker on the rooftop. It's like, do you remember? It's like you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Smack him over the edge. Like, Fair enough. <laughs> That, I have that I have that in a pot figure at home of him getting punched over the edge, and that was the best one of the best Batman uh, scenes I've seen. Smacks some uppercuts. I'll maintain that Batman has uh, not had a no killing rule in cinema ever, really, other than the Chris Nolan films. He has murdered his way through a lot of people in a lot <laughs> I was of Batman. Say, films. He's I was going to say, I mean, Jesus, I mean, the amount of people he's run over in those movies just alone. Mm. Exactly, he murders his way through thousands of criminals. Just he not the main. A ton of people. As long as he saves the big bads. That warehouse scene <laughs> was absolutely phenomenal. Just like blows everyone up, kicks a grenade into a corridor. Flat kills someone, like throws a box against someone's head against the wall. You see the blood. Oh, we're talking about in um, Batman vs Superman yeah. in the warehouse yeah. scene. That is amazing. Just, that is that is some close to Arkham. He just cr- gameplay. He just, like, <laughs> he, gets, he gets stabbed in the um, in the shoulder, and you just hear him scream. But he just the way he takes it out and stares. And he at that point you don't look at. Oh, that's not Batman. That's that's a ghoul. That's a creature of the night that's going to kill you. Like mm. definitely something different. But um, yeah, I hope they make a Batman game like that more. Aggressive, more <laughs> with, with Arkham. You can feel the punch. You can feel the punches when you, you, know, you press square or X, whatever. You punch someone. You feel the you feel the uh, force of it. But I, I don't know if I'm if I'm hoping for too much with a Batman game that you can just, you know, I want to hear that crunch. Murder guy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Like that that game though, uh, the Arkham uh, Arkham uh, City or Night, the one where you've got the Batmobile. Uh, and um... planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The excuse is it's got like a force field around the outside of it. So that, of course, means if you go plowing through a group of people, they're bouncing off the force field. And apparently that means they're not being absolutely murdered by you. They are. It's still going to hurt. <laughs> I was going to say, it's still going to be painful. You're driving and the electric just shocks somebody. That'll still probably kill someone. <laughs> it's still the same force. It's just coming also with an electric shock. Like, <laughs> also, I've always wondered as well, like when you hang someone upside down and then you get the achievement or trophy to throwing a batarang and then knocking someone down, knocking them down, like they land on their head. Like, that's what I think. I was... oh, if he doesn't kill any of these baddies he's beaten up, like he's leaving them with crippling medical debt. Oh, like, these people are... <laughs> broken every bone in their body <laughs> they might survive i guess but i doubt breathing for a straw now I, I, I do feel sorry for them I'm thinking, <laughs> look, the, the developers must be like just hit them as hard as you can oh, okay <laughs> what do you want i suppose i should <laughs> like, you can see the bones breaking detective vision which is like wow that's actually kind of sickening jesus <laughs> look i'm glad we took this back towards gaming right at the end there because this tangented it off way into the uh <laughs> just pop culture in general um but yeah i think that's probably gonna have to be it because yeah. i think once i've edited this down we're still looking at an hour and a half long so um yeah thank you all for being here awesome. and goodbye and dos for